Hey everyone, this is Dorenda Wilson. I am so glad that you have joined me for part two of Lies Parents Believe and the Truth That Sets Them Free. Today we're going to be talking about education. Oh my goodness, I'm excited about this one. Because after 28 years of parenting and over 23 years of homeschooling, I have a few things to share with you. But before I dive into that, I want to let you know that I'm on Facebook, Dorenda Wilson, Instagram, at Dorenda Lee Wilson. And I also have a blog with more encouragement, and that is DorendaWilson.com. And if you follow this podcast, you can be sure that you will not miss out on any new podcasts that come out. Today, I'm super excited about talking about education because I am a huge, not just a fan of homeschooling, but a firm believer in homeschooling. And as more time passes, and as I see what's happening in the traditional school system, I am even more convinced that more Christian parents should be bringing their children back home, and I think that's where we're headed. So today is one of those days when I am going to encourage your heart in this particular area. As I said last week, we are engaged in a battle for our children and our rights as parents to determine what is best for them. The enemy is hard at work. The voices in our culture are telling us that we are inadequate, that we don't know what we're doing. And never is this more true than in the area of education. Now, I don't, in my mind, think of education as being a separate category from parenting, you know, because I talked about parenting in the last podcast and the lies that we're, uh, we are tempted to believe and the lies that we all deal with as parents. And I decided to do a separate one on education, but the only reason that I made it separate was, first of all, it would have been too long, and second of all, because our culture often separates parenting from education. I want you to think about that for a minute. Like You can, be this, you can see this parent that is just absolutely a great parent, but somehow they think education is falls under a different category and not a parenting category necessarily. And they um, abdicate seven to eight hours a day with their children to the traditional school system. And I want to speak to this. What I want to speak to is the lie that we face as homeschooling moms. So we as homeschooling moms are not abdicating that role of education to someone else. But when we'd make that decision, I tell moms this all the time, we may as well have painted a humongous target on our backs when it comes to the enemy. Because here we are trying to be good parents, godly parents, Christian parents, and then we take our kids home to disciple them and to raise them for the Lord, why would we not be Satan's most wanted, right? Okay, so we shouldn't be surprised when the enemy comes along and tries to convince us of things that are not true, who tries to come along and convince us that God isn't gonna be faithful to help us with this thing that he's called us to. When I was... uh, Talking in the last episode, I was uh, t- 
talking about the Garden of Eden and the lies that Satan uh, tried to get Eve to believe, and she did. He deceived her with the ideas that God, first of all, that God didn't say what he actually did say. So there was that. And then the other piece of it was to cast a shadow of doubt on God's intentions toward Eve. And he does that to us all the time, not only in our parenting, but when it comes to education. I think when we begin to look at other people, we begin to go down that dangerous road of comparison. Those are the feelings we begin to have. We, th- we think, oh, this mom is equipped and she is doing this thing with her kids that I'm not doing. Somehow, I must uh, be inadequate. I must, um, God must be, why didn't he lead me to do that? Why didn't he give me that particular strength? And here's what it all boils down to is this particular lie when it comes to education. Here it is, that you are not qualified to teach your children, that only someone with a degree can do that. Okay, isn't that what we're getting from the culture and we have gotten from the culture from day one, right? So we're fighting against a huge, a huge pushback, but it, I can tell you that it's a huge lie, okay? Let's talk about what God has to say about education because here's the bottom line, you guys. Like I said in the last podcast, it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying, what everybody else calls wisdom, what our culture is calling wisdom. That is not what we are to listen to or we are to follow. We are called to be disciples of Christ. We are called to follow God's lead when it comes to parenting, God's lead when it comes to educating our kids. If God has called you to homeschool your kids, he is going to equip you along the way. It is not probably going to look like what you thought it would look like. Just know that, but it's okay. I'm a mom 23 years into homeschooling, looking back, getting ready to graduate our sixth, and I can tell you my kids' education looked very different than mine did. And you know what? It's worked. We can trust God. We can trust him to lead us along the way. So this lie that we're not qualified to teach our children, that only someone with a degree can do that, and that we should abdicate that to someone else who is more qualified. The same temptation is happening in parenting, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, that we are tempted to think that The professionals or someone else is more qualified than we are to make these decisions for our kids, and it simply isn't true. So let's go to God's word, and let's. I'm going to pull out a few different passages um, that that relate to education. Luke, in Luke, Jesus was telling a parable, and here's what he said: Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. So if we stop and we kind of break this into two pieces here, the blind leading the blind. I can't help but think 
that in a classroom full of children, that that isn't a perfect picture of the blind leading the blind. We all know that we're born with a sinful nature. We all know that we are born um, foolish. We have to learn wisdom. We have to acquire discernment. It comes with time. It comes with being taught. It comes with being discipled. So in a classroom, you are not going to find a lot of discernment and a lot of wisdom, typically, simply because the children aren't fully trained yet. So you've got the blind leading the blind. I have, in a traditional classroom, I would be having my children associating with, talking to, playing alongside of, getting ideas from, interacting with children who come from families that I have no idea what's acceptable at their house. No idea. And those children could convey to my children that something is okay that I no is clearly not okay. This can create confusion, emotional angst, and will the child even be developmentally able to, to tell us that something happened? And this is, all of these thoughts are the thoughts that I had before we decided to homeschool or when we decided to homeschool. I thought, I am not willing to put my kids in that scenario. I feel like it's important to talk about this because so often when we're feeling inadequate in educating our kids, we go back to the classroom thinking that it's the ideal, the traditional classroom, that it's the ideal scenario. And I just wanna remind you today that it absolutely is not. And for so many reasons, and to me, this is one of the bigger reasons. So let's look at the second piece of this verse. The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Okay, one thing we need to remember is, first of all, I don't feel like I can ever know any teacher that my child would have well enough to entrust my child to them that many hours a day. The second part of this is that it's not only the teacher who is teaching my child in a traditional classroom setting, but it is the other children who are teaching my child. Do I trust them enough to do that? I think about this and keep this in mind when I think about our children's lives unfolding. Okay, Our, our children come to us and it's kind of like, a, I, I want to say, they're like a journal. They're like um, a blank journal and their story is being written. And every person that I allow them to spend time with, every person that I um, allow to have an impact or influence on them, I am essentially handing them the pen and I am letting them write and be a part of my child's story. So I think it's really wise to use that word picture as a filter. Sometimes our kids might be exposed to something negative. We take the risk that they might, uh, we allow them to maybe spend time with a neighbor kid, but we have peace about letting them play together. And then there's conflict. And our child learns how to work through conflict with a friend. You know, so God can, that can be a good situation where God is, uh, we are allowing that uh, this situation that God has put in our children's lives to write uh, something good 
a, a lesson learned, um, direction, correction, learning more about God through a negative situation. So I don't want to say we're completely cloistering our children, never allowing them to experience anything. But the truth is, you know, people criticize those of us who homeschool and say that we're not sending our children into the schools um, and we should be because uh, it's a mission field and that our kids need to be salt and light. And can I tell you, nothing could be further from the truth. Here's my response to that. No missionary organization would ever send an untrained person into the mission field, much less a child. So you can just set that argument aside. And if that's something you've been feeling guilty for, you do not need to feel guilty about that. Your first priority is to train your children, to raise them up. When we are parenting them, when we are growing these kids, we are responsible for laying a foundation. My husband used to say, I would rather our kids be mainly exposed to the truth so that eventually when things that are not true and deceit and um, evil things come along, they can discern it instantaneously. And you know what? We found that to be very true. Our children have been more sensitive than we have been often in situations where there was a person who wasn't quite trustworthy, there was something not quite right with them, our kids would would be able to figure that out before us. They would sense it before we did. And my husband said that when um, he used to be in banking and when they would train the tellers, how they would train them to recognize counterfeit money is they would only let them handle real money for most of their training. And eventually, when they slipped counterfeit money into the real money, they recognized it immediately. So that's what we're doing. We are, um, another, another word picture would be like a greenhouse. You start the seed in the greenhouse and as it starts to grow and it gets stronger and stronger, you set it outside for short periods of time to be exposed to the elements because that will make it stronger. That will get it to grow, but then you bring it back in and keep it protected. And then you bring it back out for longer periods of time and exposure. You guys, this is our right as parents to be able to take this approach with our kids, to be able to go to God's word and to say, this is what God has to say about parenting. This is what God has to say about education. And I'm gonna walk in courageous obedience to that. So that verse that I just shared with you, this parable that Jesus shared, He's talking about the student and the teacher. The other piece of this that I love is that we, as the teacher of our, of our children, are called into a higher accountability because we need to model what we want our kids to become. So that means we are growing right along with them as we homeschool them. So this journey isn't just about educating our kids. This is about growing together, growing alongside of each other, becoming more like Christ together. And that's the beauty of homeschooling. And you can sense in this scripture the strong feeling of discipleship. And I love that because education really is discipleship. Now, the next verse that I want to share with you or the next passage is in in Matthew 11, where Jesus is addressing the harsh rules of religion. And can I just 
say these feel so much like the harsh rules of parenting, the harsh rules of homeschooling. You know, those things that we take on that don't feel right, but we feel like we should do them. It's that same feeling of burden. Now, Jesus, so Jesus is addressing this. And so I want you to be thinking about the things when it comes to homeschooling that are burdening you right now. Things that don't feel like a good fit, but you feel like you need to keep doing them. Okay, I want you to listen and let Jesus speak directly to that. Here we go. He said, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Do you hear the discipleship piece there? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying you are not, he is not requiring you to take on ill-fitting burdens. If something is not a good fit for you right now in this particular season, don't do it. You don't have to feel guilty for that. He is not saying that things won't feel heavy sometimes, that things won't feel like that we won't have to persevere, that we won't have to do hard things. But there's a difference between um, these ill-fitting burdens that are just weighing us down and having needing to do something hard, but having a sense of peace, an underlying sense of peace that you should persevere in it. Big difference, but it requires us to take the time to listen to what God is telling us to do. This is why it's so important that we are not hurried. This is why I wrote The Unhurried Homeschooler, so that homeschooling parents would feel the freedom to slow down and leave margin in their days. This leaves the space and the time to learn these unforced rhythms of grace. Can you sort of envision what that looks like in your homeschooling? Maybe you have pieces of that that you can see God has brought unforced rhythms of grace to. Maybe you have areas that, well, you know what? We could really work on that. We could really work on honing in on a better fit for us. You guys, you are equipped because God equips you. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And the other thing that is so true that I remind moms of all the time, our kids aren't the only ones who are being discipled in this process. Jesus disciples us as we disciple our children. This is part of the, pro- the, 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 the process. You know, we get so hung up on feeling inadequate. The enemy loves to get us hung up on that lie. And again, like every lie, there's an element of truth to it. But our inadequacies are of no consequence to God. Our inadequacies are what, what 
motivate us to press into him and to seek him for wisdom, to, to understand that in his, in our weakness, he is made strong. We, when it's all said and done and our homeschooling days are over, we're going to look back and say, it was not me. It was him. It was him all the way. It was his grace. It was his mercy. And we'll be able to encourage those who are a little bit behind us in the journey to say, look, it's going to look different than you think, but God is faithful. You don't have to know everything to give your kids a great education. You don't have to know everything to be able to facilitate your kids' education. Jesus walks beside us and gives us what we need to facilitate our kids' education. What does that mean? We facilitate what God orchestrates. Our job is to be that connecting, that bridge between um, the Lord and our kids. We're that bridge. We're the conduit. So here is God working wanting to bring things to our children and he uses us to do it. Now, he won't use us all the time. We won't be the only ones teaching our kids. In fact, often we can outsource things, but this is the beauty of thinking of ourselves as a facilitator instead of just the teacher that has to know everything. We're the facilitator. We are a student of our kids. We get to know how they tick. We watch for when learning is happening. We give them time and space. We give them resources. We outsource if we need to. Um, you know, whether that be speech therapy, the right math program, a tutor. We're we're basically, with God's help, moving heaven and earth to facilitate a rich education for our kids. And what I mean by a rich education is the education that God has for our particular children. And that is not going to look like Sally down the street or anyone else that you know. It's going, you know, there may be some similarities. You may not have anything in common. But the beauty of homeschooling is we have the freedom to do it the way that God leads us to do it. And he will lead us. I want to share with you a few more verses on education. Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What do you sense there in that passage? Well, I'm reading it over and I'm sensing that we need to disciple our kids We want to point them to Christ. We want to encourage them to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love their neighbor as themselves. We walk that out before them. We model it. But do you hear this when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up? I get a sense that that's time spent with our kids. And this is why I say education is discipleship. Discipleship is rooted in relationships, and relationships take time. This is why it is so important that we are not trying to imitate a school system that was created by a man to address a problem that existed during the Industrial Revolution. That is what our traditional classroom is patterned after. And 
Unfortunately, nothing's really been adjusted or changed to fit the needs of our kids going into the 21st century. And that's just a little side note. As Christian parents, our first job is to raise our kids as disciples of Christ. Now that does not mean that we are so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. In other words, all we do is read our Bible and never teach our kids how to read or write. That is not what I'm saying. But we are educating the whole child. In other words, our values play into every area of our kids' education. We do math because God created math and he wants us to use math in our lives to bless others, to be wise stewards of what he's given us. And in order to be wise stewards, we need to know how to do basic math. We need to know how to read. We need to know how to write. And God will lead us from there into what he has for our kids. But we need to seek God for wisdom and we need to walk in it. And if we do that, God will lead us in educating our kids. It's one piece of a really big picture. This education is a piece of a huge picture. So I wanna talk about how to walk in wisdom. And I want to give you an example because I'm sure you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm kind of getting this. I, I'm connecting the dots in my own situation, but I wanna give you an example that's happening in our culture right now. This hot topic is vaccinations. And I am not here to tell you to vaccinate or not vaccinate your children. I am here to tell you that every parent has the right to make this decision for their own child, period. Just like the other parenting decisions that are trying to be undermined, um, our children's health is something that uh, I believe is in some ways is trying to be undermined. But my point is this, that it's your right to make this decision, that ultimately the responsibility for everything concerning your kids falls squarely on your shoulders. With that in mind, we have to think this through, okay? Everything that we, every decision we have to make, we need to stop and not just assume anything, but take the time to seek God's heart for our kids. What is best for our particular children? Because we don't see the big picture, he does. He created our children, he knows our children, he knit them together. Who better to have this discussion with than the creator, right? He knows them inside and out and he will give us wisdom and clear direction. Now there is so much information out there, it is overwhelming. Sometimes pieces of it, sometimes all of it can be based on misinformation. So how do we approach this? It just feels like a lose-lose scenario. We approach this like we approach every other decision when it comes to parenting. We pray and we seek God for wisdom who promises that he will give it to us. I remember years ago, I had, I was wondering about, uh, you know, what does God have to say about health? I'm, I'm fairly health conscious and 
I thought, you know, it's great to read and it's great to, you know, obtain knowledge, but the most important knowledge and wisdom I could get would be from God. So I looked up a scripture and the only verse that I could find was the passage, Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. So listen carefully to this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now here's the health part. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will be health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So what is God saying there? He's saying, push everything aside and press in to what to listening to what God has to say. Fearing the Lord means taking that thing before him and acknowledging that he knows better than we do what the best decision is. We've talked about how in the last podcast about exercising wisdom. And one big piece of wisdom is common sense. So to me, the logical next step when it comes to something like vaccinations is to ask myself this, what is happening with vaccinations? Okay, well, they want to protect my children from disease by injecting them with some fluid that has stuff in it. Common sense would say, I should find out what's in that. I should look up each ingredient in the vaccinations and look up their effect on babies and small children. Are there any negative effects if this particular thing is injected into a baby or child? Are there exceptions to the rule? Are there some who are more susceptible to a bad reaction? These are questions that are legitimate questions we need to ask ourselves. The other question we need to ask ourselves is, is this disease treatable? Now, when my children were small, the uh, chickenpox vaccine was not an option. And so we just let our kids get chickenpox. And our kids, we had eight kids, and, they, and it was quite hilarious because they got them in pairs um, and not, not one after the other. It was two at a time. Two of them had it, and then a couple years later, two more, and then a couple years later, two more, and then two more, and two more. So that's how we walked through the chickenpox. You know, so for us, I, I didn't... I did not think it was that big of a deal because there was no vaccinations and it, you know, it was just something every, every kid went through. We ask ourselves, is the disease treatable? My husband, back in the day, uh, they didn't give a measles or mumps shot. He had the measles. He had the mumps. Um, a lot of times, some of these things that happen, we can address them with Uh, antibiotics that we have nowadays that we didn't have then. But again, all of this comes back to common sense and seeking God's wisdom. Pray and ask God to lead you to the information that he wants you to read, the information that he wants you to have. Humbly and courageously follow his lead. Don't react 
from a place of fear, but a place of faith and trust in God's love for you and your kids and his willingness to give you the direction if you ask. Again, according to James 1, believe and not doubt. Don't let all these other voices begin to sway you from trusting the heart of God, from trusting that he will do what he said he will do, and that is to give generously without finding fault. He said he would give us wisdom, not just a little bit, but he would give us generously without finding fault. Don't you love that? Here's what it all boils down to, moms. It boils down to the fact that we are disciples of Christ first and foremost. We go to him first for everything. The world has nothing better to offer us than what God has for us. It's a lie and the enemy will do everything he can to convince you of it. We've got to cling to the truth of God's word and parent courageously and with confidence that God has given us this right and privilege and he will be faithful to lead us along the way. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you that you are faithful. Thank you for the reminders that you are King of kings and Lord of lords and that we can trust you. Lord, we can trust you fully to give us the wisdom that we need in parenting, the wisdom that we need in educating our kids. And we know that all of that flows together. But God, thank you for being good. Thank you for your word. Help us to be faithful, to keep going back to it, and to seeking your heart for our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.